Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Cardiff Supercross Review with Lewis Phillips. Thanks for listening. Racetech, racetech.com. they got service centers all across America, and they have the gold valve, which they started and invented way back in the day and still works amazing. Racetech.com, Pulp 22 to save. And, uh, yeah, they do suspension for privateers all over the place, and it's uh, it's been around. They do really well. They do moto work. You know Racetech. Racetech.com. Tell them you listen to Pulp to get a discount. Thank you to the folks at Racetech. Get your bike working right, and it'll uh, reward you with uh, wins and podiums and champagne. Also, thanks to the folks at the All Balls Racing Group, whether it's Vertex Pistons, Pivot Works, uh, Hot Cams, uh, Hot Rods. They've got everything you need for your bike and replacement parts and great prices and great products as well. Hot, allballsracing.com. Please check them out on the web and support them. I use it to rebuild a lot of my vintage bikes. You can rebuild to build, you can use the products to rebuild vintage or modern bikes. Thank you to the folks at allballsracing.com. All right, on to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. This one, a little late, but it's the Cardiff World Supercross debut uh, review show. So thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to talk all about Cardiff, uh, the ups, the downs, the expectations, the vibe, all of that coming from the first round of the relaunched World Supercross series. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, talking a little bit about that. Thank you to the folks at Fly Racing. 2023 is uh, seeing big things from the folks at Fly Racing. They have multi-lines of gear, lots of different styles, lots of different colors. The uh, Formula helmets with the Rion technology are amazing. Please check out that and read all about it on their website, and you'll see that how safe it is. The helmets are amazing. They have different lines and price points for the helmets as well. Flyracing.com. Please get it at uh, motorsport.com or your local dealer. Thank you to those guys. And, of course, Justin Brayton, uh, just missing the podium in his fly racing gear over there in uh, in Cardiff. So please check that out. Thanks to those guys. And I promise you, once you go to fly racing, you'll uh, you'll wonder what took you so long. So thank you to the folks at uh, motorsport.com and Cobo Links. We'll tell you more about them later. But also, we were in the UK for Cardiff and the UK, home to Renthal. Renthal.com. Go to the website. Super informative. Super easy to find uh, what you need. They got a dealer locator in there as well. They got a handlebar chart where you can punch in your... Uh, measurements of your bar and it'll tell you which rental to use they use mountain bike they have mountain bike stuff as well stems and bars carbon aluminum and of course uh, any handlebar to fit your style any bend uh, crossbarless crossbar bar uh, seven eighths bar twin wall bar more championships and all the other brands combined from the folks at Renthal, and uh, again uh, check out their website you'll uh, you'll be pretty impressed chains and sprockets as well 
grips, of course. Thank you to the folks at Maxxis Tires. Uh, A-Ray, Kate, putting Maxxis in main events. MXSTs developed by some guy named Jeremy McGrath, and they work really well. I've used them myself. Light truck tires, trailer tires, mountain bike tires as well. I love the Minions out here in Vegas. Maxxis.com for more information on that. Thank you to the support of those guys across the whole pulp spectrum of shows. Maxxis.com. All right, let's talk Cardiff, and to do that, I have a gentleman who is um, from the UK. He was at the race. Uh, you've heard him on the Pulp Show uh, from MX Vice. It's Lewis Phillips. What's up, Lewis? How are you, man? Not a lot. I made it back from the country of Wales. A uh, long trek for me. You know, different country, a lot to get used to over there. But I made it back in one piece. Yeah, That's yeah, important. yeah. It, so, you know, we can start there. I, we, I was told on social media that if I mentioned to a Welshman that they're just like the UK, I would get punched in the face. Um, I'm not sure if I met any actual Welshmen, but almost every single uh, British person I met, and I didn't ask them where they were from, I mentioned, like, I, th I still think it's dumb. I think it's dumb that you guys, this is another country with another language, but they use the same passport and the same currency and, you know, a lot of the same stuff, but you guys are trying to claim their own country. And I never got punched in the face once, Lewis. Everyone was like, yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of. So yeah, I don't know, I man. Met, I met um, I met some Welsh fans, and they I think they just find found it funny, to be honest. Um, they, I don't know if they were laughing at me or with me, but they definitely didn't want to punch me in the face either. So yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, I, I feel like the the overreaction on social media. Imagine that was 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 just that an overreaction, you know? So. I don't know. It's not the social media I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not the calm, <laughs> rational takes on social media. Uh, really cool, though. My hotel opened the window to my room, and there's a castle. There's a, there's a castle right in Cardiff, uh, which is really cool. The riders did a little PR thing from there on Thursday, from what I understand. And, uh, yeah, man, it, it, it was neat to be there. And uh, Lewis, also, like Starbucks everywhere. Everywhere you looked. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, I think there were, what, there was like five within a two-minute walk from the stadium. Yeah, it was it was simply phenomenal. Uh, one of my favorite off-season races ever, Cardiff. Well, you know, if uh, the Essex Global guys want to win you over, then picking that as a location for round one was definitely the way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so a new era in World Supercross. I watched a little bit of the TV show. I didn't watch it all. Um, and, of course, Ralph Fro, uh, Kristen Beat were doing that. Um, and... and and, it, yeah, this is the relaunch. This is every, what everybody's been talking about, the buzz in the industry, all of that. And, first of all, uh, really cool pit setup. Every team had, like, uh, you know, a pit that uh, obviously they were, you know, everybody had crates, right? They shipped their bikes over in crates, yeah. but you couldn't see the crates. Um, they were they were nice pits. They were well done. Backdrops with the riders' faces on them. I like the presentation in the pits that the global guys did for each team. That was pretty cool, Lewis. Yeah, and uh, to be fair, that definitely made an impact. I was actually on the phone to a MXGPT manager 30 minutes ago who was asking about the pit setup, mm -hmm. how it was done, and said, that's what we need when we go overseas with MXGP. Yeah. So as far as ticking a box, that ticked a big one. Um, it definitely looked professional. There was no way to sort of differentiate, differentiate uh, the worst team from the best team. They all looked the same, looked professional. Um, the Rick Ware guys had like, paintings yeah the riders faces or I, uh, I don't know i don't actually know if it was like a painting or a drawing or a yeah i don't cartoon or and, and is that an option like you tell the global guys hey we want pictures we want a drawing like is there is there a stick figure a box like, like could, could, i'm not i'm not gonna lie that was not a strong look well which 
In keeping with the bike. <laughs> I was just going to say, Rick Ware's got an interesting uh, motif going on in their pits and on their bikes. Yeah, for sure. Like, I um, I think I stood staring at their poster backdrop thing, <laughs> at the drawing, painting, whatever of Savarchi for yeah. like five minutes, trying yeah. to figure out if it, if it was a joke or... <laughs> and also, did you notice, like, Tomac and Brunel, who was a British guy, they had their own pits that said wild cards. They, they, yeah, that, they had their own thing, yeah, kind of neat. They definitely, like, doubled down on the fact that, like, this is a wild card, this is not one of our guys. Like, yeah. there was no, truth be told, like, aside from the uh, graphics on the bike, like, there was no real um, sign or anything saying that Tomac was a star racing Yamaha rider. Like, he could have been a privateer with trick uh, with a trick bike and trick graphics. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of these riders. You do, too, now at this point, but... Um, to me, I, I thought the vibe was was really good. I thought everyone was really into it. Um, everyone was happy to be there. I don't think there were too many complaints about, um, you know, really anything about like, um, oh, these guys are uh, th- this is screwed up and this is screwed up or like everybody was in a good mood and everybody was pretty happy with everything that was going on. I got that sense. Did you? Yeah, uh, same for sure. I think. Like, up until the bikes hit the track, I think the organization of everything, the schedules, the way everything kind of came together was perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, For the riders, for the teams, for the mechanics, everyone. Which, again, like, it's kind of a weird spot because every phone call I've had with industry guys this week has been like, wow, for a first attempt, like, it seems like they nailed it. Mm -hmm. But is it their first attempt? Like, they've done supercrosses before. They've done uh, supercrosses in New Zealand, so they've crossed the ocean a little bit. Like, I don't look at it as okay, this was the very first WSX. I don't look at, it, look at it as this is a brand new promoter who has no idea what they're doing. Yeah, I agree. They, these guys are, are experienced vets, right? They know what they're doing. And, and and we'll get into the format and the way the race ran and all of that for sure. But, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I mean, the first ever – well, first of all, Ralph and Jeff all confused about – you know, is this the first ever World Supercross? Is it a relaunch? Wait, Fro's a World Supercross champion. Wait, uh, Tomac's a past <laughs> like, and, and for, <laughs> Ralph's throwing in first-time stats, but then also counting old stats to AMA. And, and there, there's a, and, I, and I'm a stat guy. Like, I love the stat, and I, I hate the fact that we don't keep track of our stats better. We're getting there, uh, and I hate all that. But <laughs> it's all over the map on what this was as far as stats. Yeah. Um, do you actually think that there was a meeting beforehand to decide this? I mean, the way that it actually came across would suggest that's a hard no. No, <laughs> yes, no, I, there was no meeting. Um, but like, I don't, I didn't know if there was a meeting beforehand where they went. What would be really cool is if we could like fifty percent pretend this is the first time ever. Yeah, but then fifty percent pretend this is a long this historic is, this series. Is a legacy. Really, like, yeah, merge the two things together. Well, because if you think about it, so O two to 2021 you know that's the world supercross series for fim right uh but then before that you know like fro and renard and huffman uh i did a race with red dog in paris that was part of the world supercross series um you know what i mean so there was a world supercross series in the mid to late 90s they went to rose bowl one time remember uh pastrana raced and everyone had funky numbers and then there was World Seas- Overseas Races. And then, of course, from 02 to 21, they were part of the AMA series. So the stats really are all over the place. Like, I suggest, if it was me, I suggest, dear Supercross Global guys, just start fresh. 
Yeah, just start fresh. The same. Right, like this is a whole new world, new riders. Um, yeah, we're starting from zero. Get excited about this new thing because yeah, yeah. the like so ever since the meetings that they had with teams in January, which didn't go well. I feel like the line that they've been beating nonstop since then is we don't want to compete with AMA Supercross, blah, blah, blah. So just start fresh. Like, don't use any of those stats. Start mm-hmm. fresh. Be mm-hmm. your own thing. And then that stops comparisons. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and you know, you can say that Fro's a past World Supercross champion. Sure, that's cool uh, from, you know, 98 or whatever it was. And, 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 and just drop that. Leave it at that. And But don't start saying, you know, this is Tomac's 48th win. You know, or whatever. Like, uh, yeah. The, the, uh, yeah. The issue, the issue now is how do they stop this? Because this is underway now. They can't come <laughs> on, they can't go on air in Australia and be like, you know, we said this was Tomac's first win ever, but actually. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, they're now in this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little weird for sure. And I feel like the broadcast and the live guys were caught up in that. But that, that's my suggestion. But yeah, vibe was good. Everyone was happy to be there. Phil, uh, Phil was even sort of happy. Um, he, he, at some point I was saying something about you and, and then he was like, Lewis don't know shit, which I, of course that's normal, but then come to find out you and him have never had a conversation, but he still no, thinks I'm you don't know shit. He knows my name. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is big. Right. But right. also I feel like him saying that about me is like some sort of acceptance, uh, a golden ticket. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But I like that. That means I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't know shit, but even, even, uh, even Phil was sort of happy and and yeah, it looked professional and everything else. Um, you know, uh, I guess let, let's start with you, Lewis. So overall, the event, the the the, the racing on Saturday night, um, crowd wise, into it, pretty good. Yeah, they they said thirty five thousand. I don't know about that. Every Supercross promoter in history has exaggerated their crowd size, but it was still a good crowd. Yeah, um, obviously, like, I, I know the British motocross industry quite well. I would say that, like, we can't get any more people than that. Like, I would say that's mm-hmm. the entire British motocross fan base within reason mm-hmm. um, right there. Like, I 100% didn't expect it to be that strong, that loud, that busy. And, like, it exceeded all of my expectations. Yeah. So that's that's a big tick. But, again, you get Tomac and Roxon to race in the UK, and people are going to show up, like, that I feel like that it shouldn't be that much of a surprise. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm with you. Uh, crowd into it. Uh, people in the pits. The fans I met very excited after the race. Uh, excited. Happy. And you're right. Like a lot of them mentioned, it's really cool to have Tomac and Rox in here. I mean, shit. People told me it was really cool to have me there. Which, um, you know, yeah. I, 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 that's no big deal. But um, it seemed like the fans I talked to really happy. Really, really happy. UK, UK Moto fans, they, they, they were stoked. So, Yeah, this is, but this is where, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, but this is where I see the biggest problem for this series. Because these fans were stoked in the sense of looking at Cardiff like it's a Paris Supercross. Like, one-off time, this random race has come to the UK. Because, like, to try and, like, get the temperature a little bit, the fans I spoke to, I said like, oh, are you looking forward to like seeing what happens in Melbourne in two weeks? Like how this championship progresses. Mm. And everyone just kind of went, no. But they were straight away saying, oh, but if it comes back next year, we'll be there. But yeah. we don't, like, we're not really going to follow the rest of it. Right. I was like, I think that is the biggest issue is the fans are into it. But how do you convert those fans into fans of the championship rather than a one-off yeah. event? 
I, I had to laugh on Twitter after Cardiff. Uh, I saw some tweets that said, man, final round already. Seems like the series just started. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I think if, if I wanted to offer some advice to the Essex Global guys, I feel like I would have played the whole championship this year a little differently. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think giving out a world title after two races is jamming it down everyone's throats. But we are the guys with the world championship. Um, yeah, yeah. Like either, like even just do Cardiff this year as a test and leave it there. Don't award a championship. It's a one-off event to test the water and then call it yeah. a day there. But to kind of yeah, yeah. That- to make out that we are going to crown a world champion next weekend is a bit much for me. Well, the press conference, you know, Ralph Shaheen hosted it, and and he's trying to do his job. He's paid by these guys, and yeah, they leaned a little bit too much into that um, world title. What does it mean? You're going to get a world championship? You know, yeah, you know, okay, sure. Uh, You're going to go to two cities, and you're going to win a world championship and whatever. Chad Reed called it a soft launch uh, on my podcast with him before the event, and I would, I would Totally agree with that, and there's nothing wrong with it. There, there, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. But I 100% agree, Lewis. That's a great point. Just, just yeah. Let's just back it down for FIM World Championship status. I believe somebody told me there has to be a minimum amount of races, anyways, in the in the FIM rule book. I didn't verify yeah. that, but um, you know, and it's not two, by the way. But uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> they're, they're making it work. You know what, though, Lewis? Yeah, o- overall. Uh, I would talk about pluses and minuses. We're going to get into the racers' results too a little bit. Overall, Lewis, uh, I'm with you. You've been to? Did you ever go to Geneva? You've been to Geneva. I feel like yeah, I've been to yeah. Geneva. Yeah, Geneva, Bercy. I've done either as a mechanic or as a as a media guy. I've done you know uh, Spain and Bulgaria and Paris and Geneva and oh, I went to Germany for a race. Um, yeah, all over the world at these races. And that's what Cardiff felt like. Cardiff World Supercross round felt like a Bercy Supercross. Uh, the depth was probably better because um, Roxon and Tomac just don't go to these things. But it, you know, it sitting there, I just got the vibe of an off-season Euro race. And is there anything wrong with that? No, there's not. But I did get the sense of like I don't think anyone in Feld headquarters in Tampa, Florida, should be you know, ramping up what they need to do, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like you say, there is absolutely nothing wrong with this being a Paris, a Geneva, but from listening to Adam Bailey talk, uh, interviews, I think even the interviews, uh, the interview he did with Weege, uh, the week before the race or whatever, he said that like every time he hears these events being compared to a one-off off-season event, he cringes. So knowing that that isn't what they want, mm-hmm. then I become to I become a little bit critical and trying to figure out, okay, how do you fix this? And honestly, I don't have an answer because it just felt like being in Paris. <laughs> it, it did. I, we'll have to see next year in twenty three eight rounds is the word. Um, if that feels different, um, but yeah, I, that's the vibe I got. And yeah, I, sorry if they don't want to be like that, but. You know, but yeah. don't you think I, I, I thought I only realized this afterwards as far as like, I don't think the in-stadium announcers or any, I don't think there was much like promotion of let's go to round two. We're racing in Australia next. I felt like the presentation in stadium was very much. This is the only event. Like there wasn't much linking this to a world championship that's going to go on beyond that one night. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I agree. And, and, 
like you said with the fans, they're just like, yeah, well, whatever. Um, it's going to take some time for this series to feel like a real series. Um, in that sense, I think like it, it'll yeah. it'll take some time, but this, you know, this didn't this didn't feel like the start of Anaheim one, right? Like no. it, it just didn't. Um, and, and I don't what, like yeah, that is. I think that's the key, like because you know when you're at round one of a series because like there's all this new stuff. It feels exciting. There's just like tension in the air. Like it really is like a special deal. Yeah. Um. And yeah, that that wasn't that wasn't the feeling in Cardiff but I'll tell another this is another mistake I think now looking back nothing devalues the fact that this is a championship like the fact that like the fact that Eli Tomac is within touching distance of a world title and is basically going yeah yeah no I'll stay home yeah (laughs) yeah you know I could but no I'll stay home like Maybe maybe getting Tomac to round one was a bad idea because I don't know how... I mean, it's Ralph and Jeff. They are going to spin it some way. But I don't know how they spin the fact that the championship leader who is well on his way to a world title decided that he'd rather stay home. Well, yeah, he just took the money for one race and went home, which is what you yeah, do at and, Paris and or say, Geneva. That's what you do. They'll, for- <laughs> say that, um, they'll say that wild cards aren't allowed to compete for the championship and aren't allowed to compete in all the events. But... That that means nothing to me because still your championship leader isn't going to be at the yeah. finale. Like, yeah. imagine if uh, imagine if Webb was leading the AMA Supercross Championship and f- two rounds from the end just went or just no or no, just you know what? No, even better, you, you just have the Anaheim one winner being like, yeah, I'm out, I'm out. Yeah, I want so, Anaheim yeah, one. <laughs> I I want Anaheim one, and uh, I'm not coming to San Diego. I'm not going. You're like what? <laughs> so yeah, so, uh, yeah, like from, uh, yeah. From that perspective, I don't know if getting Tomac there was the smartest move. Right. Looking long term. Yeah. Uh, what did you think? So, uh, as somebody who's been to many AMA Supercrosses, that's you, Lewis. Uh, you know, we're, we are there at 9 a.m. We leave at midnight, 11.30, you know. Um, I, I really, and you know, there's three practices at a, in, in an AMA race, not needed. Uh, the guys have the track down super fast. They're just there because they want to sell more. Uh, uh, merch and drinks and everything else. Um, I loved, loved uh, not showing up at the stadium till 11.30. I think practice was 1.30. There was two sets of practices, and we went to the night show that started at 5.30. Race, 5 o'clock was opening ceremonies. 5.30 was racing. We were done by 8.30. Um, and and the, the night show itself went really fast. And I'm a proponent of shortening the American night shows but I don't know. Like here, I am, you know, complaining about both sides. I almost wanted a bit more racing uh, because we had a rapper. We'll get into that, Lewis, on your first ever <laughs> concert. We had a rapper. We had cheerleaders. We had freestyle. But the actual racing, the night show, was kind of short. But I'm always complaining about the AMA one be needing to be a bit shorter. So I'm not sure if I have a leg to stand on here because. It, I'm complaining about both sides, but let me just state that being at a stadium at 9 a.m. and leaving at 11 p.m. is a little much, not really needed. Uh, riders meeting, I think, is 10.30 at AMA race, uh, 10 o'clock or something. So love the shortened day uh, overall uh, from, from the time you need to be at the stadium to the time you leave. Love that. I guess I guess that the day wouldn't have been that short if we'd had uh, 250C, 250B. I guess like the AMA would have the same 
um, schedule if we only had one session per group, uh, per class or whatever. So I guess that's a product of that. Um, I, d I don't know. I don't agree with you about shortening the American. Okay. Not, uh, definitely not the night show. No, like okay. The night but, show but in America the whole is day. the sweet spot. The whole day. Oh, I don't know. I do enjoy. I do enjoy it. Okay. I do enjoy the whole day. And you've got you've got to remember, you're talking to a guy who hangs out in Indonesia for three days. So <laughs> okay, to me, good. the American program goes fast. <laughs> good point. Good point. You're right. Um, um, but yeah. I I know the riders I talked to about it, and I think it was Cade, JB, and I want to say Oldenburg. Three guys, three or four guys. They loved it. They're like, yeah, I don't got to be here till eleven. You know, or eleven thirty, and I ride at one thirty, and I'm out of here by eight thirty. They loved all that. I think. Um, I think the reason you want more from the night show is, yeah, the night show was three hours or whatever it was, but an hour and a half of that was uh, nothing. It was just right, rapping right. and freestyle and cheerleaders who, for some reason, turned up for like two minutes and then never got seen again. Now that I think about it, which is strange. Um, yeah. So like. This is how I've summed it up, and I'm, I'm proud of this because I feel like this is the perfect way to sum up the night show. It felt more like being at Nitro Circus than it did AMA Supercross because there was a lot going on and a lot yeah. here, there, and everywhere, but not much actual racing or actual substance. Well, so you and I, we live for this shit, and we're hardcore, and we love racing, and more racing is better, and all of that. And so I'm going to try to put on my neutral thinking cap here. And think to myself that, you know, yes, they're going to Australia this weekend, which is or next weekend, which is, you know, pretty gnarly hardcore motocross fans. But generally speaking, the eight rounds next year, I mean, what, are four and five of these going to be in countries that don't have a strong motocross background? Probably, Lewis, right? They may go to America. I've heard that's off on and off. But, you know, they're going to Saudi. They're going to Indonesia. They're going to South Africa. There's lots of rumors about these places they're going to that are not hardcore moto people like you and I. So then, yeah. Lewis, when I when I think about the rapper and the cheerleaders and the freestyle, I'm like, well, Global Supercross is trying to put on a show. They, they want to put on a show. And yes, it's not for me and Lewis Phillips, but is it better for three quarters of the audience that they are going to be there in the future? But. See, I've played this game as well. Okay. And I got to the point you're at, and then I and then I kind of switched again because I was like, <laughs> okay, that's fine. If they're going to be a Paris, they're going to be a Geneva. But if they're going to be a world championship, then the focus does need to be on the racing. So, like, pick a side. If you're going to be a world tour of events, um, then, yeah, the show is amazing and needs to be an important thing uh, it does anyway but if you're going to be a world championship then i think the racing always needs to take priority and always needs to be the main event so if you're pardon the pun well yes i see what you're saying but i mean you can go different ways and still be a world championship you know you know i um i would have liked it i think it, i think an easy fix would have been putting the rapper and all of that stuff at the beginning of the show mm -hmm. so then because it was weird like I, I think the loudest the crowd were was when Anstey won his heat race. Um, and then, but we had, so we had the 250 guys racing. Uh, they dropped their first gate at 5.30, I think. And then at 7 p.m. they were done for the night. And it was kind of like, I don't know, it felt weird to me that we were saying goodbye to the 250 guys so early in the program. Um, so maybe I'd put the rapper before the 250s. So then there's more like, 
you feel like you're getting more bang for your buck racing wise because there's more racing in a shorter amount of time mm-hmm. but then you also aren't losing the show element so maybe that's a compromise with the best of both worlds i don't know um but yeah that's one thing that maybe i would suggest where you're not losing the show for the casual mm-hmm. fan but also you're not harming the hardcore fan who looks at this as a world championship i didn't think the freestyle and the rapper worked that well in cardiff but i'm trying to put on my cap and being like what are these guys trying to do and again it goes back to you know doing it in other countries that maybe aren't familiar with supercross and aren't hardcore racers you know um but my my question about that is are they going to be able to get a rapper in indonesia because i'm guessing no i would think they fly somebody in no i don't know i I don't know is that possible (laughs) i don't know uh good point um as an aside, Lewis, let's let's take a fork in the road here. Do you think the global guys – look, I don't know what they're paying the FIM. I think the FIM are scams. I just think there's so – there's a lot of corruption. There's a lot of payoffs. There's a lot of things with the FIM that are not cool. You can go back and read about it. Uh, I know from talking to people in Canada, there's a whole CMA, FIM thing that seems incredibly uh, crooked. Um, I, do, do these guys, should they have teamed up with the F the, I'm of the belief that if these guys just start a supercross series, just, Hey, we're doing a supercross series, global supercross series. That that's it. That we're going to do all this. Do they need the FIM just like Feld? Did Feld need the FIM? Hell no. Do these guys need it? If they, and if they don't get the FIM involved, Lewis, um, maybe the OEMs in America, I believe, accept them a little better we, we've seen the pushback right we're, we're we are not going to see any oem factory supported racers do this series next year we're just not gonna it's not gonna happen um and and that and that's fine i get it i'm okay with that but why even have the fim lewis i don't know though because don't you think that the appeal for like mike genova guys like that is that they can win a supercross world championship and i don't know if someone like mike genova who Obviously, like him being able to walk around and say that his team won a world championship, he will he will beat that drum for as long as he needs to. I'm not sure if the idea of him walking around and saying that but, his team won, whatever you call it, is quite as appealing. Okay, but okay, but you can just if you're Adam Bailey and you have an eight round supercross series all over the world next year, you can just say your world championship because that's what the Feld guys are doing. The Feld this guys are just the Feld guys are just dropping world championship. With, you know, no FIM sanctioning and, and everything. Like, everyone is dropping. Glenn Helen drops a world championship title, uh, Lewis, as you know, for the World Vets and the two-stroke. So, like, just go ahead and claim it. I don't know. I mean, look, you come from the world where the FIM is a little bit revered and it's got a uh, um, a 70-year history, you know, over in the MXGP series. So maybe, you know, you're a little bit more uh, wrapped into that, but... Yeah, this is just the whole thing that I was thinking, like, we got the FIM guy there, and they're talking about this, and, you know, Cooper Webb is the last world Supercross champion, and then you got the Feld guys claiming world championship status, and and Glenn Helen's claiming world championship status. Who cares? Does Adam Bailey really need to stroke a check to the FIM to hold these races? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. If if there are positives to it, then I don't think there are that many. Um, and yeah, they probably yeah. don't outweigh the negatives. And again, like we were saying earlier, 
if you're not involved with the FIM, then you really are a new series and you're not attached to these weird old statistics. Yeah. Like the fact yeah. that Cooper Webb is the last World Supercross champion, which, okay, technically he is, but none of us look at it that way. Um, and, and you have, yeah, the, so maybe, and, and you have the American guys your... screaming about World Championship Series. You know, the, the, they're now saying they're World Championship. You yeah, know. You, get out, you get out of that drama. Yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, hey. We're doing a series. It's eight rounds. It's all over the world. It's a world supercross. It's the supercross global world championships. There we go. Boom. Um, my I don't know. my standout on the FIM side. My mm. standout like memory from Cardiff is the really awkward interviews with the FIM guy on the podium, which I've never seen done <laughs> ever. And I'm yes. pretty sure he wasn't even expecting it. Right. But, and I'm right. sure we're going to get into Joseph Allen at some point. Yes. Yep. But yep. I feel like. I, I don't. I don't yeah. know what that was. So, still, <laughs> uh, so that's just an aside. Like I, I think, I think these guys could do without the FIM. They could do out without paying that money. Call themselves a World Supercross Championship, and and then they would run into less issues over here in America because I believe most of the issues is the fact that FIM, you know, turned around and got these guys involved, right, to get more money. Just to get money to get it run a series. That's all it boils down to. Um, and they let and you yeah. know after Fell decided to not renew, which you know they needed to do. And also, I can't wait for the draconian FIM uh, WADA drug testing to claim someone in the World Supercross Championships, which I don't even know if there is drug testing. But anyways, um, okay, that's an aside. All right, moving on. Uh, Fly Racing Racer X Podcast World Supercross uh, Review Show. Uh, yes, Lewis, you had. Everyone knows who listens to Pulp. Uh, you are huge into music, huge into pop culture. Uh, you're, 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 you have your, your finger on the pulse of that. And then during the AJ Tracy rap performance, you informed me that this was the first ever concert you'd ever seen. Yes. I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand what you're supposed to do at concerts. I was kind of just sat there like a spare part. Yeah. Like I, didn't know what, yeah. I didn't know if I was supposed to like, Get up, get involved. Like, right, I'm not right. sure what they wanted from me. Uh, it felt awkward. Do you it felt very forced? Is AJ Tracy a UK rapper? Do you even, do we even know that? Yes. Oh yeah, I know okay. that. Yeah, okay. I know that. All right. I think okay. I'm probably wrong. Right. <laughs> I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it to be honest. But I'm with you. It it, it seemed shoehorned in there. You know. Well, uh, yeah. What what I thought was weird is that no, I was kind of I thought it would have been cool if he had come out and gone um, first time seeing Supercross this is amazing oh he he did not reference <laughs> the fact that he was at a Supercross once no he just <laughs> it said was his most like yeah he just turned up <laughs> didn't know where he was and then left no 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 he said his mom was born in Cardiff and this is for Cardiff but yeah, yeah but still no yeah, yeah. no of, no like, no Supercross. no no like, but he, but you said he didn't know where he was he did know he was in Cardiff okay, yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay but like yeah I, don't, I just thought like even i went on his social media after and there was just no mention of supercross i mean i'm guessing that cost more i'm guessing there was an appearance fee right, and then a right, social media right, fee right, right, but right. i just thought it was weird how like right yeah i don't know i was quite i was just expecting a little mention of like oh wow yeah. these supercross guys are cool yeah like, i don't know um what did you think of the format we had uh three main events in, so no heat races you know 22 guys in each class um, no heat races, uh, just three main events that were two were the same length. And then there was a super final and by the, the names were all over the place. There was a final, then it was, it said two fifty final super final, right? And two, yeah. It was yeah. a little bit weird. What did you think of that though? That the three quick triple crownish turnarounds. I mean, the guys were every rider I talked to was like, yeah, man, it went like, you know, four minutes, grab a drink of water, change your goggles and you're, you're, you're back on, on with the 32nd board up. 
I'm not sure, um, I'm not sure if it was like as, I expected it to be chaotic, I expected guys to DNF, I expected like wild swings, um, so it didn't really produce what I expected it to produce, but again, like, I kind of left feeling like I never got to see a real race, I never got to digest what was happening in the races, like, I, I felt kind of starved of actual racing, even mm -hmm. though there was plenty of it and there were loads of gate drops, like, there was just a lack of, like, I think you do need a main event or a super final. And like, of course they had a super final, but it was so close to the finals or whatever they're all called. Um, that it kind of lacked a bit of like uh, hype attention. Mm -hmm. Like there was no, no one. And I mean, no one from staff <laughs> to us had any idea what was going on in the results. So we, at that point we were just staring at the track. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, um, I think, you know, the triple crowns in America, were, were too short when they started and then they adjusted them right to be all the same length yeah. i think they should do that too i think the having the, the you know the, we'll get into the track but yeah too short too short and then maybe like you had mentioned the 250s went away they were done for the night um and then we went into the 450s maybe they structure that a little differently too to, to do to go back and forth a little bit um here's the stars, here's 250s, here's the stars, here's, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I, 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 it, it, it was weird. Yeah. Yeah, like it was kind of blink and you miss it. Mm -hmm. Like, I would like, like, I think this is kind of what you were getting at, but I would like, um, do the 250 heat races with that short a turnaround, that quick, and then do the 450 heat race or final, whatever they're called. Yeah. Uh, um, and then do the 450 two finals, then. Uh, do the wrapper or whatever you want to do, and then bring them back out for a longer super final. Uh huh. But I don't, I don't know. Like, and I, this kind of struck me as I as I was driving home. I don't know if they were trying too hard to be different. Like, they really wanted to stand out from what Felder doing, but they almost went too far in the other direction and tried to fix things that actually aren't broken. Right. Right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think you're right on that. Such as cardboard tough blocks. Yeah, we're into we're into the format right now. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, I, I do. I think you're right. Like lengthen them a little bit, uh, and then give us some variety. And yeah, show it that way. And also, you know, let the fans know what the hell is going on. Like the so this goes. What's Roger's last name? Uh, Warren. Roger Warren was there. He's, an, he's a UK announcer. He's been there for forever. Uh, Joseph Allen was an import from America. They were the live guys. Kristen Beat chimed in a little bit. But they, and I don't know whose fault this is, but everyone was clueless on what was going on. It, 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 we would love some drama. Tell us Shane McElrath needs this guy for the overall or this guy, you know. But, yeah. No one knew what the hell was going on. They didn't use Olympic-style scoring, which I would have assumed they did. They used actual points, um, which which muddies the water even more. But, yeah, Lewis, we had no, no idea what was going on over who was winning or what was happening, and neither did the live guys. Yeah, because they did announce after the 250 Super Final, or SX2, whatever they want to call it, they did announce that Oldenburg was a winner. Mm -hmm. But then they interviewed McElrath, which was confusing <laughs> in itself. But then McElrath was actually the winner, but they never quite explained they, why McElrath was the winner. And we didn't have any points. We didn't really know what was going on. Um, they played the national anthem for McElrath, uh, which is, you know, an FIM World Championship type of thing to do. 
Um, but no one really knew what was happening. So, uh, rough night for Joseph Allen. I, do you want my opinion? I guess that's why I'm here. <laughs> yes, that's why you're I, here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like someone had a lot of faith in Joseph Allen and just let him run wild. And I feel like that was a bad idea. <laughs> he, I feel like someone should have reined that in, mm-hmm. put a bit of structure behind yeah. him, do you, maybe some notes. You know, and Roger. Let him run wild. Was there any sort of meetings? Did anybody? Well, we spoke to Roger in the meet in the on Friday, and he did not sound like he had been briefed. It did not. It did not sound. <laughs> but I was wondering. This was the day before, so maybe there was. I don't know. The, the rough night for the live guys, including but, everyone involved. Yeah. And again, this is where I go back to. This wasn't SX Global's first event, mm-hmm. so really that shouldn't be happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're new live announcers, but like. If this was their very, very, very first event, then maybe you kind of roll your eyes and move on. But they've done this before, so I feel like that they should have been on top of that. But maybe not. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, McElrath won the overall with like a 3-5-4, which yeah. uh, uh, that's I, – I guess that's the, that's the, that's the part of the, the three main events that, you know, can happen. But it did seem odd. To, to be that inconsistent and win the overall, right? Matt Oldenburg yeah. goes one seventeen one for second. So yeah, like I don't, yeah. I saw loads of fans say like they didn't notice McElrath once. Right, uh, he wasn't mentioned once during the races, and then just ran because we were arguing in the press box or whatever you want to call it because I was convinced that McElrath wasn't even on the podium because he was just kind of invisible through the three main events. Yeah, and then. Um, and then he just <laughs> he just appeared as a winner. But then it was equally as strange that um, Oldenburg, like you say, was on the podium with a one seventeen one. Um, yeah, I, but but again, maybe so if they really want to be different, um, Feld have the what single main event thing down, and Feld did bring the triple crown in. Maybe to be different, um, the World Supercross guys just do two motos or two finals and then it's easy to keep track of um it kind of pleases the american guys who complain about the triple crowns because they can play the card of um we've heard you guys complain you don't want triple crowns in america so we've uh, compromised and we think two races is the way to go make it more motocrossy like they can kind of play that sympathy uh, card a little bit and maybe they have um, heat races for gate pick for the two mains what, did we ever? Did we ever even get to the bottom of what the heat races were for? <laughs> um, no, I don't think we did. Uh, no, two fifties is clear, I guess, because two fifties went from heat races straight to the main, but four fifties was a four fifties was a mess. Yeah, what did they? How did that work? I don't even. You just reminded me of that. Yeah, because there was the super pole as well. Right. Yep. Uh, I like super pole. I'm a fan of super pole. I advocate for super pole. Seen this at Geneva. Seen this at Bercy. Love it. You? Yeah, I, yep. I like it as long as we know what's going on. Um, maybe get the times bigger on the screen, whatever you need to do. But mm-hmm. um, as long as you can follow along with, like, um, who's had the fastest first sector or, oh, this guy needs to make up a tenth in this rhythm section yeah. yep. to get pole. Like, as long as you can follow along, it's amazing. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, some tweaks of the format would help. You know, I think, yeah, lengthening it a little bit, lengthening the races a little bit. I don't know... If having a guy that goes three five four for the overall is great, 
And if you'd lengthen the races, maybe we'd seen a little more consistency from some of these guys, you know? Um, yeah. But there is, um, there, there is absolutely no way that the riders tolerate uh, 10 rounds of that format, is there? Like, guys are going to... Like, if, if, if Feld came out and said they were doing that format for 17 rounds, everyone would be in uproar. So I can't imagine that mm-hmm. SX Global are going to get away with doing that format for 10 rounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, the track itself... Not very good. I thought it was okay when I walked it and early in practice sessions. I'm like, yeah, good track. Like, you know, kind of cool. It's got some options. Um, um, but, yeah, dude, it first of all, it claimed a lot of guys because I think it just got so slippery and so hard. Everybody I talked to made mentions of that. Um, we had a lot of injuries, which in this series format, the teams have to field replacement riders um, or they get fined. And the depth... I mean, we we lost Clout, we lost Chad Reed, we lost Josh Grant. Um, so, yeah, I don't think the track was very good. You know, Lewis, after the finish, that whole inside section, I mean, it was just inside, inside, inside. Uh, yeah, I didn't like the track. Definitely could have done better, I think, with the design or, you know, the, the floor size seemed okay. We had a 48-second lap times. That's a mid, that's a, that's a casual AMA time, you know, and that's probably midpoint of an AMA time. Um, so that part was fine. Uh, lap time slash four size, but yeah, track didn't lend itself to great racing. I saw, um, I noticed some guys, I think fans or whoever said, Oh, of course, every championship starts off with round one being easier. And there's a lot of guys here who are inexperienced, but I don't think it was that at all. Was it? Because, okay, maybe, um, most people haven't heard of Adrian Escoffier, but he is a, regular supercross guy French French supercross guy yeah absolutely or Ramette I don't think there was any of that right Ramette did well Ramette did well yeah do you think they played it down or they tried to keep it a bit tamer for round one no I don't think so no no I don't think so but man it uh it ate some guys up and I just think it was the surface do you do this is uh, maybe this is off topic a little bit but for so long um Everyone said, like, oh, uh, the AMA needs a change. Dirtworks have done it for so many years, blah, blah, blah. Now that you've seen what someone else can do, um, do you kind of, like, back away from that a little bit? Or, Well, I saw the track maps for the 2023 series, and some of those are pretty inspired. I don't know, you know, what happened, but I thought some of those were pretty good. Yeah, those are like, it almost looks like someone new has done them. Yeah, a little bit. And then, again, though, things change from track maps to actual tracks many times, so we'll see. But, yeah, I feel like um, I feel like uh, it was a good track built-wise, just not m- much there for design. Now, Josh Hill busting out that quad and Kenny doing that quad, that was cool. That was good. I, I always love to see things on a track that only a few riders can do. That's awesome. Yeah. But. Yeah, and in that in that same section, um, in practice, the two fifties were going over the table, um, going into the section. So that like only a few two fifties did that. So that was cool to see. So like the fact that there were options mm-hmm. definitely um, saved it a little. Like if if they remove those options, then it really is a dead track with nothing going for it at all. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoops, whoops, I, I don't know if I'd say they nailed it, but no, the whoops weren't tough. They were okay. They they got a little sketchy, but yeah, I mean that's that's. That's not a world supercross thing. We see plenty of uninspired AMA tracks too, but I thought this one hurt it a little bit, hurt the racing a little bit. Um, and then the surface, right? Slippery, dry. So, 
But yeah, uh, Lewis, we we had some injuries. Obviously, Chad's bike malfunctioned, racked him up. Josh Grant's chain broke. He was concussed badly. Um, you know, these are things that are not necessarily track fault, but Luke Cloud, I didn't see Cloud's crash. I just saw the aftermath of it. Um, we had more crashes than I thought we'd see. That's for sure. Yeah, especially on an easier track. And how strange that Grant and Reed had mechanicals in exactly the same spot. Mm. Like that Unbelievable, almost doesn't right? make sense to no, me. No, no, it doesn't. But so a young Lewis, the, the young Lewis inside of me was absolutely heartbroken yeah. seeing Reed on the side of a track. I'm still not recovered now, to be honest. That that is not a sight that young Lewis wanted to see. No, poor Lewis. You had sure. a you had a Chad Reed trash can growing up. Yeah, and the, and uh, the... quilt, everything, rucksack, everything. Yep, and then now you see this um laying there uh hurt pretty badly and, and that sucks but, for chad you know yeah absolutely he, have, have you heard anything about filling guys yeah i have yeah i have um a couple of aussies are filling in so yeah that's what i presumed they're just because it because it, i guess it is uh, a blessing in disguise is that they are going to australia next so there are a lot of guys who are capable right but um, but you it know it's been interesting oh sorry go on. but you know like colt nichols backed out of rick Ware racing at the last minute and i know from talking to people close to that situation they had trouble finding a guy. Henry Miller jumped in with less than 24-hour notice. And if, we're, if this series in 2023 is in South Africa or Saudi or wherever and there's an injury and the AMA guys are deep in the national series at this point and there's a fine, there's a heavy fine for not getting a rider, you know, wow. Uh, you, you may not be so easy, so lucky to fill in next year. Yeah, and it is it is a heavy fine, isn't it? If you don't have your four guys, um, I think it I think it very much hurts the bank balance of the team owners. So, um, and a lot of these team owners are in this series to make money themselves. So, yeah, if they start going that route and handing out fines weekly, mm-hmm. um, maybe they start to alienate the team owners who currently love them, and then maybe that changes the dynamic completely. Like that, that is actually a very interesting subplot. It is because right now the team owners and the series owners are living in harmony, right. loving each other. Um, like even in the pre-race press conference on Friday. Um, I think a couple of the team owners even asked questions, but, <laughs> yes, they but did. like um, disguised the quest, like disguised compliments as questions, like that, that, that as well. Very strange. Also, <laughs> the more I yeah. think about it, yeah, strange. Uh, they brought Rick Ware onto the podium because uh, McElrath won. That's his team, so Rick was up there, stoked to yeah. be there. You know. That, that is a I get I don't know if that's an FIM thing, but that is a GP thing. So maybe that is a link somehow. I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, like at the moment, the team owners and the series owners are really living in perfect harmony. A lot of back slaps and this is and, great. No, you're great. No, you're great. Yeah. And but the second the, go ahead. that turns, I don't know what happens. And let's let's you know let's be honest with this. I mean, Genova's doing a 250 Supercross West program next year. Rick Ware hasn't supported a team in America for years. Uh, MDK hasn't supported a team in America for years. Livia's team is pulling out of uh, MXGP. These teams uh, are doing the World Supercross to try to make money. They want to make money, and that's why they're yeah. doing this. And so, you know, let's just put that in perspective of, of, of what some of these teams are doing. And I'm not saying – that's a bad thing, but let's just acknowledge that these guys are choosing this series to make money and therefore replacing riders, getting fined, all of that could be an issue down the road. You know, they got a, they got a substantial sum, r- rumor is 400K to do these two races, each team did, but they're also getting 400K 
plus 50K per round next year that they have to stretch across eight rounds. So, and Lewis, in talking to riders and teams, it seems like the show up money slash purse money is all over the map. It's a wild west of deals. Some guys getting all the purse money, some guys getting half purse money, some guys getting no purse money and all show up money. Like, I don't know how much digging you did, but I, I asked a few, and it, it's all over the place as to what riders are getting to do these races because the teams get all the purse money and show up money to pay riders, and they are cutting all sorts of deals that are all differently depending on your name and your, your resume. So that's an interesting subplot too. Yeah, no, um, yeah, a few of the guys I spoke to, a few of the team sponsors that I spoke to said the same. Like, the, some team owners are doing really well out of this, but and although it looks like the riders are too, there are some riders who really are kind of like begging for their money a little bit and like really scraping by with whatever they yeah. can get. Which is, I, I which heard is one weird guy, because again, it's not put out that way. I heard one guy's getting 4K a race, which $4,000 to, you know, is a lot of money to some people, but. To for for what these for what these teams are getting and for what the, what the purse money is, just four K doesn't matter how you do is not very good. But racers want to race, and for a privateer American rider, getting eight thousand dollars to do two races is sweet. So you make the deal. I, um, you know, I've, all, I've I've wanted to say this for a long time, and maybe it's very negative, but maybe not. Um, they keep saying that we had 50 teams interested and turning down all these teams was really hard. Do you really believe they had that much interest from teams? Because I don't, I would like to see this list because I don't know how far we're reaching. Like, I don't know if there was Lewis Phillips racing on the list or like, I find it hard to believe there were 50 teams trying to get in. And we actually ended up with these 10 teams. Well, I believe there was probably 50 teams that said, Hey, can we see the outline? And, okay, that's true. And then, and then from there, what was the interest rate? What was you know? I don't know, but yes, I could see there was fifty teams saying, "Can you show us the proposal?" You know, why not? What do you got to lose, right? If you're if your yeah. team if your team can, anywhere okay, in the world, I can, I can believe that. Yes, yeah. but 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 yes, how many actually were in it? Uh, not sure. Yeah, not sure. Um, it, it, you know, and again, it, this was a soft launch, and and we'll see what happens, and it'll, it'll go forward from here. Um. Thanks to the folks at motorsport.com, OEM on aftermarket parts. Go through the banner on pulpamex.com or pulpamexshow.com to help us out because, Lewis, I mean, we need the help. Uh, so motorsport.com, yes. great, great system. They sponsor Phil, so why not support them? Uh, and they got OEM and aftermarket parts, things like Fly Racing, things like Cobo Links as well. Cobo Links, lowering suspension links from everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. Pulpamex is the code to save for free shipping and a discount from Cobo Links. So this is a lowering suspension link. So if your wife or girlfriend ride and they want to have a bit more confidence, if you're shorter of stature and you want to have a bit better suspension, look into Cobo Links, lowering suspension link. Use the code PULPAMEX to save or get it from motorsport.com. Renthal and Maxis also on board. And, of course, the folks at Fly Racing, on board as well. Joey Savacci, Fly Racing. Shane McElrath, Fly Racing as well. He won the, the, the SX2 over in Cardiff wearing Fly Racing. So, yeah, please check it out. Uh, thank you to the folks at Fly Racing and all those sponsors involved uh, in, in, in this podcast. So, um, All right, Lewis, the actual racing. Uh, Ken Roxon was there with his factory Honda mechanic, but with Honda Genuine Parts production-based bike. He was really good. He made a mistake in the first main and never kind of recovered after that. Um, but he was good. Tomac got better as the night went on. Clearly the best guy uh, Tomac was. Um, and Vince Freeze. Oh, the format was made for Vince Freeze. Uh, give us your thoughts on the top three. 
in the 450s, Lewis? I um, I didn't expect Roxon to be as close to Tomac speed-wise as he was, to be honest. Um, I kind of thought Tomac would walk it without any real hassle, but Roxon was fastest in Super Bowl. I think he was fastest in practice on mm-hmm. Saturday as well. Mm-hmm. So like that surprised me from the off. I expected, um, yeah, I just expected Tomac to walk it. Um, I did expect Roxon to be second, but I definitely, I definitely overlooked Freeze for third. But again, like you say, this is built for this man. And oh dear lord, how hard is he going to race in Australia for a world championship? Like this, this, this may make the series money for years to come because I have no idea what the hell he is going to pull out of his pocket to win a world title in Melbourne. <laughs> I think he passed JB two out of the three mains. Like, yeah, he was really good. <laughs> full props, full props to Vince Freeze. I mean, the starts, and then he holds the inside. Like there was three quarters of the track, you could do nothing with him. He wasn't bad in the whoops, which is normally a weakness for him. He was good, like not not amazing, but he was good enough that he could withstand somebody getting close to him before the before the whoop section ended. And yeah, Vince Freeze, everybody. So. Yeah, like um, I wouldn't be able to tell you which race it was because again, yes. it all came at you so thick and fast. But in one of the finals, or maybe a heat race, he held off Tomac for no, not Tomac, Roxon again, Roxon, yep, yes, um, for quite a while, a mm-hmm. little while, yeah, um, yeah, so yeah, uh, it definitely definitely exceeded my expectations. I had heard, by the way, getting back to the track, I think because I think it was Kenny told me this or that they couldn't build berms because they had no nets and it was insurance reasons. And yeah, so the low berms definitely hurt racing. They couldn't build my nets in there. So yeah. Uh, well, I guess are they allowed to build your nets? Is that a trademark thing? Like, I don't I'll know. let them use it. No, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, just a giver. Uh, right. Um, so yeah, the, the, uh, the racing was good. Um, I felt like Tomac, if Roxon holds on to that win in the first one, which he could have, right? Why not? He doesn't lose the front end there. Maybe the whole night is different. But I felt like once he did that and he fought that to third, I think, um, you know, it was kind of like Eli was like, okay, I got this. And, and, and Eli outstarted him, and there we go. So, um, Another thing that's strange about this, but maybe I don't even know if you've noticed, they gave out a point for the fastest lap of the night. Saw that. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of riders were asking me that on Saturday night. Like, is that a real thing? Has that happened? And I was like, I guess so. No one really knows. But um, no, going back to the racing, I was surprised Roxon kept doing that quad um, before the finish because at some point later in the night, there was no real need to. Um, it, was, it was quite big, to be fair. Like, it, it wasn't something easy. Tomac never pulled a pin on it once. Um, so I was, I was surprised. I think overall, I was just surprised at the commitment level from Roxon in every essence, um, speed-wise, uh, jump-wise, everything. Like I just was, so, I was surprised how well put together his whole deal was turning up there. Uh, can we talk about you know the big quad and the first rider to try it? Uh, Pellegrini. Pellegrini. <laughs> <laughs> Angelo Pellegrini, Italian guy. Um, Both but- Italians. Yeah, no. He must have been having lessons from Ferrato. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, you know, Alberto would have aired that thing out. Uh, he came up real short, but he was the first guy to actually try it. Um, after practice, a few guys had told me they thought it was doable, and then uh, and then Pellegrini pulls the pulls the trigger on it. Doesn't do it, but is the first guy to try it. Props to Pellegrini. Years from now, I maybe nobody remembers this, but props. I think Pellegrini was retired before this series. Really. 
A oh. few guys said to me, like, when I, I like in the weeks leading up to it, when I said to a few people, like, oh, Pellegrini's racing, I swear a few people went, no, he's retired. So hmm. just to add to the, yeah. it's not just American guys we're getting out of retirement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, too, uh, Motor Concepts is leading the, the team constructor championship, which I, I think that's cool. They have a little constructor championship. So, uh, yeah, uh, he's winning that. Um, hard luck award in 450s is definitely Joey Savacci. He probably was third fastest. Uh, first one he worked up and got into third. Did he get third in the first one? I think he might have. Uh, he was definitely fast. His starts weren't there. He crashed into the into the metal uh, finish takeoff and got road rash all over himself, cut himself all up from sliding into the metal ramp. Uh, Savachi was good. He got seventh, Lewis, but he was he was really good. So Yeah. I say like when I say that I didn't expect Freeze to be on the podium. I think that's because in that I had Savachi pretty locked into that third spot mm-hmm. um, from like the Monday before the race. Like I struggled to picture a scenario in which he wouldn't be on the podium. Obviously, we had that, but his speed was definitely like good enough to be on the podium. Yeah. Um, but I guess I mean two round championships. So I get, yeah, he is pretty much screwed now as far as championship points go. But... We, didn't, we didn't talk about Dino too in big crashes. Same spot again as Grant and Reed. Dino. Yeah, well, when you said hard luck award, I thought that was where you were going to go. With oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I just thought, uh, yeah, Joey or or Dean, but I thought Joey was was pretty fast. And because Dean, so Dean separated his shoulder a little bit. Something um, AC separation, yeah. 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 Which I don't know. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just that sounds scary to me, but I guess not that scary. He's riding this He's week. Riding. But, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think talking of soft launches, I feel like that was a soft launch for Dean. Like the whole Honda thing, racing a Honda yeah. two weeks after racing a Husqvarna. I don't think expectations were too high um, coming in. Yeah, you know, we we give points in America for the Triple Crown on the overall, right? We do Olympic style scoring, and then you get points at the end of the night to where you rank. But you know, in, in over there, you get points each time. So like the Tomac got seventy six points, Tomac sixty, Roxon sixty one, Freeze was fifty eight. Then there was a five-point drop. Then there was a nine-point drop. Then there was a two-point drop, uh, so on and so forth. And the 250s was 54 for McElrath, 53 for Blos, 52 for Oldenburg. So, you know, again, it's just for points each one, which maybe is something the AMA should look at, it made it pretty exciting. So, Yeah, I think, I think that having points in each one is enough to make it exciting and different so you don't necessarily need the short turnarounds and the crazy short races. Like, just having three races in a night that awards points is an exciting enough, I think. It's good enough. Yeah. Like, I don't think you need to add extra gimmicks to that. But the, the point being, too, is now when you do that, you know, uh, um, Luke Clout is 75 points down, right? He got one point or whatever. So, like, he's out of it, right? Like, it's just... That's how it works, though, and that's fine. Like, you know, we, we, we do it the way we do in America, I think, because everyone wants to, you know, get a trophy and not be completely out of it because if you have a bad night, you're completely out of it. But uh, I see both sides to it for sure. Um, when it comes to the racing on 250s, Oldenburg, obviously quick, McElrath with the overall. Carson Brown was a surprise. Good starts for Carson. Uh, he was really good. Uh, Max got really terrible starts. Your guy, Max, won the heat, like you said, rode really well, but bad starts for Max, for sure. Um, except for one of them, right? One of them, he got a good start? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was weird. like, he got like, good start, bad start, good start, bad start. Consistency was not there with the starts one bit. No, um, no, not at all. But who who opened your eyes in 250s as far as that goes? Uh, by the way, too, uh, Tanti and Clout, both on DAC racing, 
both sending it. So that's, yeah, very loose team over there with those two guys. Yeah, Clout especially. Clout yeah. was um, Clout was one to watch um, <laughs> for all the wrong reasons, maybe. Um, aside from Pellegrini trying the quad. Um, but, uh, no, as far as people who caught my eye in 250s, uh, like you say, Tanti was really good, I think. Like, again, Cindy, like Clout, but a little more refined. There was a little more skill thrown in there. Um, yeah, I thought Tanti was actually really good. Uh, same for Brown, like you say. I... I think I expected Oldenburg to be good. And maybe I, like, this is where this format's weird because, okay, McElrath won, brilliant. But maybe I would have expected him to be more in the mix for an actual win, like, as far as, like, a final win, rather than just getting it on a mm -hmm. consistency basis. Uh, Seeley made his return to racing and was good in the last one, but other than that, he crashed. Bogle was quick in times all day and had terrible three main events. Was Bogle, did Bogle finish top five in any main event? And, but he was the quickest in. He won the heat, right? Uh, yeah, he won. Yeah, he won. Yeah, Max won the first heat. He won the second. Yeah, so Bogle won a heat and was fastest in times and was doing lots of leg swag out there and then just had terrible three main events. Um, I think he had two flat tires, like in two separate finals. Oh, because okay, yeah. nails yeah. were a big issue. Uh, Chiz got a uh, flat too. Yeah, Chiz got a flat. Um, what about but yeah bogle gets bogle gets like the savachi award in 250s um very yes. good yeah absolutely nothing to show for it yep but yep. he i think i feel like this championship is made for him in a little like in a bit yeah. in a way yeah. um he's kind of lost his way in america a little bit as far as being on a good program and a good bike so this is kind of like a good alternative like if, if the series can pick up guys like bogle who are a name who do want to compete for victories, do, don't want to kind of fall into that 10th to 20th pack in America, then that could be a sweet spot of guys for this series to get. How about McElrath too? So he, he is on his fourth team and fourth bike of the year for Shane McElrath. He's had quite a year, quite a year. So uh, started off with KTM uh, and BBMX, uh, goes to uh, – um, Rock, Husky. Husky. And then goes to Club MX. And now he's on a Yamaha at Rick Racing. <laughs> Welcome to Shane McElrath's 2022. Um, I think we all underrate Zombie Blos. There he was. One point off the overall, right? Riding for Bud Racing. So, yeah. I think yeah, like, and I actually, I thought he was going to win after the first two mains. Because, again, no information in the stadium. But as far as I could grasp, after the first two mains, I thought that Blos was the only guy who was really in with a shout. Um well, he went 2-4 in the first two. So, like, obviously that kind of screams a guy who is in contention to win the overall. But the super final yeah. um, let him down a little bit. And but also, he can be a world champion. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Also, uh, we spent all year talking about how Blos is not going to ride. in He's hanging it up, great career. And now he's telling people, yeah, I think I'm going to race next year. You can't do that. You can't, you, can't, you can't change your mind. I don't like that. But there, there was a point where I think in the first 250 main, um, Blos was in the top three, Matt Moss was in the top three, and it really didn't help the average age of the series no. and that whole perception having the 250 class just dominated yeah. by, yeah, like you say, guys who are retired. Honestly, the, the series itself, uh, Josh Grant, Chad, it, it, they need to get away from that, in my opinion. You know, that, that definitely is a yeah. cause of some, uh, I don't want, mocking is too strong of a word, but the critics and the people that point to the series, you know, 
I don't know. And and, and global, you know, the global guys can't do anything about MDK reaching out to Reed and Grant to race. But I'm not so sure that's a great thing. You know, so. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe Reed is like a special situation because he is such a big name. So that that name does draw a crowd. But for the rest of them, yeah, you'd think it would be better from a marketing point of view for SX Global to be able to say like, hey, we've got this young Belgian kid who one day is going to be amazing and he's starting out here in our championship. Like, yeah. that is actually... St- and that, for guys like yeah. you and me, that would give us a reason to pay attention because, oh, how good is this kid? Yeah, like, yeah for um, sure. So that's that's maybe... That maybe in itself is a little niche that this series can slide into. If, But again, they have no control over that. So no, they don't. You, uh, you, caused a, you caused a little bit of a controversy as well in the Club of Mex pits because... You mentioned to me that Jace Owen's fastest qualifying time disappeared and Max got it. And I just, I was like, okay, like I didn't see that, but you, you made mention of that. So then I was in the club pits saying to Jace Owen, uh, hey man, what happened to your time? Like I heard it went away and he was like, what? And everyone was like, what? And I was like, I don't know. That's just what, you know, I heard. And they're like, no, nobody told us anything. Wait, like, is this why Phil said I didn't know shit? No, th- no, unrelated? no, no, Phil. That was earlier when Phil said you didn't. Well, I stand, I stand by it. The after practice, the big screen, it it came up with a picture of Max and it said Max Anstey fastest time. But again, that was it. That was early in the day when I felt like this was run very well. Had I had this been later in the night, maybe I would have been a little more, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little more cautious before running with that. <laughs> now, did you watch the TV show back? Because I didn't get to the point of the the end. I didn't make it to the end when, by the time we're doing. No, this. see, so this is a problem. Um, the the WSX.TV is completely blocked in the UK, um, I, impossible to watch. And the only way to watch it in the UK is a TV channel that um, I and many people don't have. So okay. I genuinely have no idea how I'm going to watch uh, Australia or next year or any of it. I wonder how um, I wonder if Ralph and Jeff were as confused as the live people and as the crowd was. That's, so. That is the reason I tried to watch, but unfortunately <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. Um, um, so. I, I just, what I want to know is what the hell did they do to fill the hour that we were watching a rapper? Because how it, much B-roll it, and random content can you get out? It looked like they had interviews with Eli, Roxon, and, and uh, somebody else, uh, Chad. Um, yeah, but we, we were listening to a rapper for an hour. We were. How long were those interviews? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Good point. You're right. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, and when you get Ralph and Jeff just rambling and trying to fill time. Hey, uh, by the way, too, afterwards, Tomac, Roxon, press conference, really good, really happy. Those guys were – the vibe with the riders, uh, and of course I know these guys pretty personally, but you know some of them too. Afterwards, the race, in the pits, everyone was happy. Well, Cade wasn't, Phil, Phil wasn't, but, you know, yeah, everyone was pretty good. The vibe was – like, hey, like, you know, it didn't work out for me tonight, but yeah, cool to be here, you know? Yeah. Again, like, again, it kind of had a Paris vibe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Going back to that. And like, right. I asked, I said to a few guys, like, technically, this is like A1 or whatever, whatever first round of the series <laughs> you want to compare it to. And every rider kind of said, oh, no, like, no, I don't really, yeah. I'm not really, apart from yeah. Oldenburg. Oldenburg said that he really wants this championship and that put more pressure on Cardiff because he knew it was such a short season, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, okay. A lot of guys were kind of like, yeah, we're just like, again, soft launch, which is fine, but the whole messaging across the board needs to be consistent with the fact that this is a soft launch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, next year, eight-round series. 
you know, we'll get a little more serious. Um, anything else about the results, Lewis, before we move on to a few other things and wrap this thing up? Anything else about results? Um, no, I think we're good. Well, you'd expect Roxon to win a championship in Australia. Um, 250s is wide open. I can tell you this. Um, I've done the maths. If Anstey goes 1-1-1 in Australia and McElrath goes 2-2-2, then Anstey will win the championship by a point. So okay. I've, I've got that math covered, everyone. Don't what I if, know everyone's what if Shane McElrath, for a calculator. What if Shane McElrath has a faster lap, the fastest lap, and gets that extra point? I, I didn't go that. I, to be honest, the fastest lap news was was something I didn't stumble onto until later on. Okay, so. all right, okay. Um, <laughs> the, the, the good... We both love the dual checkered flags. Really like that. Really like that. It, just, it was so Euro. I loved it. Bring it. Bring the dual checker to America. The guy, I, I admired the guy's skill because I still don't really know how you do that without hitting the two flags. I don't know, man, but it was sweet. Two checkered flags. Metal ramp. I'm down with the metal ramp. You? Uh, see, no. again, we're racing. We're going racing. I don't know why we need a metal ramp. <laughs> Okay, all right, fair enough. I'm fine with it. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, cardboard tough blocks, no. Hard no. <laughs> I don't know. So I, I, I would guess, uh, trying to get into the minds of whoever made that decision, I'm guessing what they thought is sometimes a rider in America will hit a tough block and it will actually cause a crash. Whereas if they're cardboard, you can just ride through them. I'm guessing that was the thinking. Problem being... They were they everywhere. Don't last very long. They were scattered they everywhere. Terrible. Yeah. And they were scattered everywhere. Like, did you notice in that tight section after the finish, that right hander? You know, the, after the double. Yeah. Guys were just. It got moved. It got hit early in the race, and it would just float out there. And guys would just turn right on the inside of the, of the tough block because it was pushed out further. It was. Uh, it was a. It was a wild west of cutting the track right there. You know. I, I think. I, I mean. When you talk to the promoters of the AMA races, uh, hauling an entire semi of tough blocks around, because that's what they need to do, like literally, that, that's the cost, yeah. of, is you driving a whole semi of tough blocks, whereas you put a bunch of cardboard boxes flat and you build them at the race, I think there's your answer on why we have this. Yeah, but uh, so again, I, I need to look into this, but at the Ozex Open, at races like that, do they use cardboard? Like, and also, it's kind of strange to me that are, are they really cutting corners with costs on stuff like that? Like, that would surprise me, to be honest. I, I think so. Uh, why else would you have a cardboard tough block? Like, I know what you're saying. Ca the tough blocks cause c crashes for sure, but they also help you if you crash and you land on one. Like, you know, many times that's happened, right? Um, so I think the benefit of a tough block is safety. Yes, they cause harm sometimes, but overall they are safety. A cardboard tough block, A, doesn't help safety, and B, doesn't help track uh, um, direction at all because they get dislodged by you just breathing on them. And also, yeah, and also once someone breathes on them, they're then dead. Yeah, they're like, like, done. <laughs> the amount of, like, dig dugs who were just dragging off a dead cardboard box yes. into the depths of the stadium, like, that cardboard box has now been retired forever. And, and, and seeing... Broken cardboard everywhere across the stadium is not appealing either. Uh, props to Ken Roxon for posting that he sat on one and it blew apart. Very good, good job, Kenny. Yeah, that was that was maybe social post of the weekend. Yeah, that was that was great. Uh, I really I really like that part. 
Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I hard no on those. And and again, uh, on, when it comes to the announcing, I have these notes here in my phone. Nothing against Ralph and Jeff. Um, they're they're good. They're competent. You know. Um, but if you are doing a whole new series and you want to be different, bring some new talent on in the booth. Yeah. Um, again, I didn't get through the whole thing. I thought Ralph and Jeff is an uninspired choice by these guys. Again, nothing wrong. These guys are just, uh, they're conductors. They'll get you through it. They know what they're talking about. But they're also not the cutting edge of information for European, Australian motocross riders or even the sport in general. And in my opinion, uh, bring on some, try something different with this. If you're trying something different in Europe, try something different with that. Yeah, um, no, I agree completely. Like, it kind of goes back to the thing about using AMA Supercross stats. Like, are you a new series or not? Because having Ralph and Jeff and being on FS1 in America, like, that is AMA Supercross of 2014. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, yeah, yeah. Either you, you need, like, a, pick a lane, basically. Well. Are you going <laughs> to keep some nostalgia from AMA Supercross or the old world championship, I guess I should call it? Or yeah. are you going to try and be completely different, bring something new, which I would think you'd want the latter. And, and then you have Ralph and Jeff announcing Josh Grant and Chad Reed racing. <laughs> yeah. We really are going <laughs> back, you know? But uh, yeah, when you when you when you pile those things on, it makes for quite a combo. Yeah, yeah. So that that would be my criticism with that. Again, nothing wrong with those dudes. They'll just they're just they're they're air traffic controllers. They'll, they'll land the plane for you, but you're not getting any you're not getting any groundbreaking info or groundbreaking techniques and style and announcing. So yeah, like even um, like bring in some Australians that we've never heard sure, of. Sure, yeah, yeah. Like it's a different accent. It's a different feel. It's a di- like um, it's just yeah. It brings something different to what Feld are doing, which is ultimately the goal because no one wants to do the same product. No. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. Um, but overall, uh, a couple other things to make mention of. You took me to Nando's and yes. uh, I, I, I got recommended that and you, you'd said that and you, you, of course you got lost. Uh, it was, we circled it. We circled it. Nice. Um, but <laughs> we, you took me to Nando's, uh, highly recommended 10 out of 10 Nando's. So, good job on that. Oh, you get you gave it ten out of ten. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I, no, I agree. I just I'm really proud of myself because I feel like that's the first positive contribution I've made to your life. So. Yeah, yeah, um, very good on that. Um, I didn't, I didn't know what to do or what to say when you were eating French fries with a knife and a fork. Yeah, I don't know what was. I don't know. To be honest, I wasn't paying attention to how you ate French fries. So I can't, I can't make direct it, comparison. No, I just eat French fries like every other human. What? Lewis? With your fingers? Yes, yes. You just pick no. them up and you dip them, no. and then you eat them. And you, you had a knife had and a fork. Peri salt on them. Okay, but there's nap- means... there's napkins there. No, I don't. No, 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 no. You, you ate. Uh, we'll go on Twitter. We'll ask Twitter. Uh, but but <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's a hard no for me. I'm, I would, you would have to. You would have to really try and like twist my arm to get me to pick up peri peri salted chips, fries. Sorry, in a, <laughs> um, with my fingers. That's that, that's just uh, like no, no, absolutely not. French fries. You're eating them with a knife and a fork. If if I'm in McDonald's, I'm obviously eating with a, with um, my fingers. Well, they got salt on them. They got they got salt on them. Yeah, but I'm in McDonald's. If I'm in a restaurant, then. 
Oh, Nando's, <laughs> Nando's five-star dining. I understand totally. Yeah, well, absolutely. That, that, well, did you pick, did you pick up your chicken thighs with your fingers? My what? Your, uh, that's the chicken you had. They were chicken thighs. Oh, oh, thighs. I'm sorry, I didn't get. Uh, yes. No, I used a knife and a fork for that. But why? Because yeah, that's what sir, you do. Why? Because they're big, sir. They're they're bigger. I can't grab it like you know. Like I, I have to eat. I can't pick okay. up a huge th chicken thigh with my hand. What? Well, I can, well, I was hoping you were going to go the way of there being sauce on them because then I was going to say, well, there's a napkin. So you've kind of really no, no. <laughs> you've thrown the defense, of course. Here. Okay. So also, you are an Englishman, born and raised, and you inform me that you don't like hot drinks. Yes, you you. It's it literally every single Englishman drinks tea. It, it, yep. Tea is an English thing, uh, and you told me that you do not like hot drinks. Also blew my mind. Yep, uh, tea, coffee, hot chocolate. I think that's all of the hot drinks in the world. Um, yeah, no. Why would you want a hot drink? Why would you want? Why would you want that? Like, no, that's not refreshing. <laughs> like, why? I don't. I don't understand why you would want to put a cup to your lips and then this hot liquid come out. No. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, that was I, also no. a little weird. So, yep. um, there. Hey, by the way, too, uh, I never got the chance to check it out, but there was a rider lounge with coffee and food in it, and they could change up there if they wanted. I didn't see anybody that took advantage of that. Do you know that? But uh, there was a real rider lounge that the guys talked about, and they seemed to like. Yeah. So, props to that. No, it was. Um, yeah, it was catered for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I think I saw uh, specifically Saturday night. I saw a lot of guys eating in there. Yeah, um, and then they had like a locker room where they all changed because there wasn't that much room in the pits. But the locker room was really off limits to media. So yeah, so that was cool though. Good job for that. I think everybody kind of liked it. Um, yeah, uh, like if you're putting on catering for the riders and teams, you really are going like to another level to try and keep everyone happy. Yep. Um, you know, Sean, Sean Brennan did buy us pizza one time in the media, so that that was pretty sweet. Um, uh, also, uh, the um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, the the vibe outside the stadium was high with the fans. Like it was a lot yes. of people around there, and they were waiting for autographs after the race. You signed a Welsh flag. Uh, you got. I signed like five Welsh flags for some reason. <laughs> Superstar. <laughs> I, I signed a number plate, and um, which had like everyone else's signature on, and I had to get a torch to make sure I didn't sign over someone important because I was really like scared that I was going to sign over Ken Roxon or something. So that was very, <laughs> but yeah, no, a lot of, um, I, I had a long talk with some people about my music trivia. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah fan, fans fans were into, into it. it. Yeah. They were, they were great. Right. Um, after the race, Brayton said, Hey, we're grabbing some pizza, you know, want to meet me? And I'm like, sure. And then I showed up after the, the getting quotes and everything else. Um, and then, uh, the kitchen was closed and some English fans shout out to them. Went in there. I Brayton. This all happened before I got there. Brayton said, "Went in there and paid off the kitchen." I heard a hundred pounds. I don't know if that was true or not. To keep the kitchen open to make pizzas for me, Brayton, and Phil. That's uh, yeah. That's what we do over that's here. That, shout out to that guy because I was starving. And I would almost guarantee that moments before that happened, that man was eating his own meal and his own French fries. With a knife and fork. I, I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. But shout out to that guy for, for keeping the kitchen open uh, uh, and so that we could eat. That was great. Um, after the race. Uh, all right. Uh, World Supercross Cardiff, Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast. Uh, what else, Lewis? Did I miss? Did we miss anything? 
Um, this does make me think, like, obviously, like, you talk about the catering, uh, you talk about fans, you talk about fans paying to keep kitchens open. I feel like the, the true test of what this championship is and will be will be going somewhere like Indonesia and then seeing whether that level is maintained. Because, obviously, I, I'm well-versed in Indonesian motocross at this point. Um, I could, you could call me somewhat of an expert. Um, and yeah, I just, I would be interested now to see what, yeah, how this, how what we saw translates to a country that doesn't quite have yeah the same pluses going for it. Yeah, and you would know more about that than I would. Um, but I, I, for one, I don't know if Indonesia has a stadium. But that's one. I mean, I'm guessing they do, but I can't imagine. I can't really like. I to be fair, I went to a Indonesian island that. You can only fly to via a charter plane, so maybe I'm a bit out of touch with what mainland Indonesia is like. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just find it I find it harder to picture what this will be when they go to these countries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, see, I wonder too. Yeah, um, you would like uh, if you are MXGP, all you need is a field. Like you just need a bit of land, and then you can make it happen. Whereas for Supercross, the demands of what the location needs to have are a lot higher. So. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm just interested to see what happens when they go to a real um, out there country. Yeah, absolutely. What is, what did you hear about the the series next year? I heard South Africa, Indonesia, uh, Saudi, Qatar, or whatever. What, which maybe it's not Saudi. I get those mixed up. Uh, they're trying to do around in America. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Um, but did you hear much? Um, yeah. Well, I'm, the last time the the last official thing I heard was that it will be nine rounds. Um, which originally it was going to be 12, I think, and now maybe eight. But the last official thing I heard was nine rounds. Um, South Africa and Dubai were the two things that I heard a lot. Um, which, yeah, South Africa and Dubai will be two good places. Like, so they've had GPs in South Africa in the past, a long time ago now, like 2008, I think was the last one. But there is a demand there, so that would probably be good. And Dubai you'd probably attract some holiday goers from Europe. So that would be good. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I still question, is it going to be an eight round calendar? Eh? I wouldn't be surprised if it's more like five or six, just because in my mind, I, I struggle to see how they would pull an American round off Indonesia and countries like that. I don't know if they have the infrastructure, like where do you get dirt from in Indonesia? Like all of these questions I have. Um, so yeah, I'm just curious to see how they make this happen going forward. Well, that was supposed to be the third round this year, and it didn't work out. So maybe, maybe they're scrapping it all together because obviously there were some issues, you know, to put it this year in Indonesia because yeah. originally that was the plan. So, but um, the Indonesian government have money. They do. So I'd imagine they want to. Yeah. I'd imagine they want some of that if they can get it. Right. right. Any way possible. All right. Um, yeah, there it is. The World Supercross Round Cardiff Review Pod. Lewis and I hanging out all weekend. Just great. like friends. It was great. Yep. Eating French fries with knives and forks. Um, and we got harassed by people in the street on Thursday night. We did? But had a very friendly waiter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we went for a beer on Thursday night. Uh, at a, Everything was kind of closed, but we found a place. And then, yeah, the, the waiter was upset that we didn't want a second round. He was very friendly, and then we were getting asked for change nonstop. Yes, yeah, a real mix of cultures. Yeah, yeah, but shout out to that guy for being like maybe the friendliest waiter ever, and then and then genuinely heartbroken that we didn't want a second round. 
<laughs> yeah, like when we went, when we tried to go to the bar to order, he was like the most offended man yes. in the world. Yes. I'm like, you sit down, <laughs> sir, you sit down. Yes. <laughs> you do not come in. I will be right to you. And then, uh, and then when we said no on the second round, it was, yeah, very, very angry. Um, yeah, creepy. So it was cool to be there, though. I was glad to go. I mean, it cost me probably, I don't know, 3K to go. Flight and hotel and every car and everything. Um, but um, I'm happy to support the series. Good luck to these guys. Um, I hope it works. Uh, more money for teams and riders is always a good thing. And they, they, have, some, they have some things that I think they should work on. Uh, but, you know, hey, who am I? So, um, all right, Lewis, thanks for doing this. Uh, appreciate it. I don't know what time it is there. No stress. What time is it there? Uh, 7 p.m., so oh. it's early. Oh, you're good then. Yeah, never mind then. Yeah, let's keep going. No, yeah, <laughs> no, we can keep going. Uh, so thanks for doing this, Lewis. Appreciate it. Uh, that is the Fly Racing Racer X Cardiff World Supercross Review Show. Thanks, buddy. No stress. <laughs> This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners. Don't change the air. Don't change the air.